Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Then, on February 19, 1970, it happened. Don Shula, at the age of 40, was named the Dolphins' head coach and general manager. He also received a 10% ownership stake. Joe Robbie had his man. I'm going to work as hard as anybody can work to make the uh, Miami Dolphins a winner as close as a, in, a, in the near future as I possibly can. Everything changed when Shula arrived. How do you feel about the material you have to work with this coming year? It's going to be tough. There's no question about it. The only thing I'm interested in is building a solid foundation and then year-to-year improvement. What do you remember, Larry, about the first time you met Don Shula? <laughs> That I didn't like him very much. <laughs> I walked up to him after the press conference and said, uh, Coach Shula, my name is Larry Little, and I'm your right guard. The first thing he asked me, how much do you weigh? And I said, 285 pounds. He walked off and said another word to me. That was my first conversation ever with him. Strong, strong disciplinarian. His way or the highway. We weren't allowed to have water in the field. That was a mindset back then. Talk about the Miami heat and humidity in July and August. That was brutal. These guys going to the hospital quite often just for dehydration. They'd be on the field at 7.30, 10.30, 3.30, and again at 7.30, four times a day. Every single mistake was talked over, why it was made, what we did, what the situation was minute detail the little small things that people overlook today shula was also looking to establish a winning culture by leaning on proven winners the dolphins had just traded for veteran receiver paul warfield his soft hands and elite speed had made him a star for the cleveland browns I was leaving a championship organization to join an expansion team. But fortunately, 10 days after I was traded, Don Shula came into the mix as the new head coach. And so all of a sudden, my enthusiasm changed tremendously. It's my job to prepare myself to be ready, uh, as they say, when the bell rings. The other thing I remember is when Marv Fleming rolled into camp because he had already won two Super Bowls. When I first got there, I walk in, and you know, everybody's getting dressed in the locker room, and I said, hey, listen up, listen up. I uh, hope you guys don't mind if I dress here on the Mason-Dixon line, do you? <laughs> because all the black guys over here and all the Caucasians are over there. I had players on that team, white guys who had never played against anybody black, and black guys who had never played against anybody white. We had segregated rooming with the Dolphins in 1969. When Shula came, the first thing he did was put Paul Warfield with Bob Greasy. We were diverse as hell, but Shula had a way of reining all that in. He didn't care about that. What he cared about was how can we take these people and defeat those people over there. And that approach worked. Dolphins had been one of the worst teams in the league before Shula arrived. In 1970, his first season, they went 10-4 and and reached the playoffs. He took Zonka and made Zonka a real fullback. He took Greasy and made Greasy a real quarterback. I mean, Bob had the talent, Zonka had the talent, but they were doing the basic fundamentals all wrong. A bell kept going off in my head saying, this guy can't be for real. Nobody's into this this deep. You realized as you started to win that he was for real. I was proud of the way that the Dolphins performed this year, and and, uh, I hope we can maybe go a few steps further this next year. The following season, in 1971, the Dolphins went 10-3-1. In the playoffs, on Christmas Day, they took down the Kansas City Chiefs in double overtime. It's still the longest game ever played. The following week, in the AFC Championship game, they shut out Shula's old team, the Colts. In just his second season on the job, Don Shula was taking the Dolphins to Super Bowl VI. 
What do you think about this ball club, uh, the Dolphins? I don't think anybody can beat you now. I think you've reached your peak. Well, let's not say that till we play Dallas. I mean, you'll reach it that day. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I have never seen such uncontrolled enthusiasm in all my life. We didn't know winning or losing in 69. And next thing you know, we're in the playoffs in 70. And next thing you know, we're in the Super Bowl. So it was a meteoric rise to success. Now I'm realizing the fact that and the time is just going by so slowly. It's going to be two weeks before we play our game. We were there in New Orleans, and obviously New Orleans is a party town, and, and all the media exposure, although not like it is today, it was still pretty pretty big event. I spent a whole lot more time on Bourbon Street that week before the game than I did concentrating on the Cowboys. Well, we're kind of getting used to the idea, the realization, really, of uh, being in the Super Bowl. We're still patting ourselves on the back a little bit for those two big wins over Kansas City and Baltimore. I said, wait, 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 wait. Hey, you guys. We're going to Super Bowl. That doesn't mean we're going to win the Super Bowl. You guys acting like, you know, um, having parties and all that stuff. You know, I was, I was really pissed the whole time because everybody was taking it too lightly. The Cowboys, the veteran team, disciplined. They've been here before. We were talking about all kinds of things other than football. And Shula knew it because he had been down that trail before. And as much as he screamed and tried to stay in our face and tried to get us to think about it, we were going through the motions, but we weren't really hearing what he was saying. And we got our asses kicked. That was the, probably the most disheartening moment of my entire football career. It was the worst feeling I've ever had in my life, as far as athletics go. And um, you, you don't know if you'll ever get that opportunity again. I think it was an extra embarrassment for Shula because that was his second loss in a Super Bowl. I think that he got the reputation for maybe couldn't win the big ones. That really hurt. A guy like that, how did he take what happened in Super Bowl six? He didn't. In the locker room, he threw everybody else out except the team and the coaches. And he stood there before us very silently. And everybody, you could hear a pin drop. He said, I want every one of you to remember how you feel right now. And we're going to carry this feeling all the way through next year. Game to game. Every game is going to be treated as though it's a Super Bowl. I looked over and Jim Kick was looking right at me. And he winked and said, buckle up. <laughs> Look at these seats. They're great. Yeah. Kind of thought I, I had the aisle, but... Hot nuts, popcorn, bundle and save. Uh, nuts and popcorn and savings. Just like bundling your home and car with Geico. Yeah, in fact, hot nuts are like home insurance. I get it. The gecko explained it pretty clearly. Whoa! Hey, I know you. Yeah, hi. Not you. The guy who helped me bundle my home and car, he's great. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Probably thought you were somebody else. <laughs> okay. See how much you could save by bundling with Geico. Uh-oh, you heard a screech outside at night, but you can't see what it is because there's not enough light. You need the Bionic Floodlight from Bell & Howell, the solar-powered, motion-activated, multi-directional floodlight that showers a super span of light right where you need it. Simply stake it in the yard or mount it anywhere around your home. The onboard solar panel absorbs the sun all day to energize a flood of light at night. No wires or installation frustration. Watch. The instant motion is detected. The Bionic Floodlight triggers 180 high-intensity LED bulbs on three separate panels that instantly blast an area of over 1,000 square feet with bright, penetrating light, then automatically shuts off after the motion stops. Each panel is fully adjustable to direct the right light to the right spot. The Bionic Floodlight is the versatile wireless, safety, security, and outdoor lifestyle light you'll love. And is from Bell & Howell, the brand name your family has trusted for over 100 years. No more arriving to a dark driveway or house at night. Place them in the ground to illuminate walkways and entryways. Add an evening accent light to your garden or mount it to keep unwanted critters away. Adjust the panels to light your deck and your food on the grill at the same time. Add light by the hot tub or pool without dangerous electrical wires. Host the nighttime neighborhood hoops games and enjoy the great outdoors at night. Right out your back door or in the backyard. Move it anywhere for any reason and in any weather in any season. 
Best of all, it's backed by our exclusive Bell & Howell Bionic 10-Year Satisfaction Guarantee. Get the Bionic Floodlight by Bell & Howell. And right now, it's yours for just $29.95. But wait, call right now and you can get a second Bionic Floodlight for 50% off. And we'll even ship it to you free. Here's how to order. Call 1-800-612-7028 or go to bionicfloodlight.com. So call 1-800-612-7028. That's 1-800-612-7028 or order online at bionicfloodlight.com. And a look here at the course Jack built. Oh my goodness. Go that you always uh, have to learn from you know what's happened learn from mistakes that have been made and always try to do things in the future to prevent the negative things from happening and then you want to try to use that and keep it from not happening again in the future I saw an article just after Super Bowl 6 Cornell Green, the defensive back for the Cowboys, said the difference between the Dolphins and the Cowboys in Super Bowl VI was the fact that the Cowboys came to win the game and the Dolphins were just happy to be in the game. That game may have been in January and we didn't see Coach Shula again until June or July. And then we get inside and he says, well, we're going to watch some film. And it's the film of Super Bowl VI. He proceeded to ream us out for an hour and a half, running back play after play where we messed up. And then at the end of it, as he built that crescendo of disgust, he then turns off the projector and he looks at us and he says, now, you see how sick you feel now? Well, just think of how sick and sorry you're going to be if you don't go back and redeem yourselves for what you did last year. But I'm telling you right now, it's just as much my fault as it was yours because you can't be world champions unless you win all three seasons. The regular season, which at that time was 14 games, the playoff season, if you're good enough, your season boils down to one game. And that's the game you got to win. Now, I'm going to walk out of this room. And you people better find a way to get this done when you walk out of this room. And we were stunned. Of course, uh, the taste of defeat isn't too sweet, but uh, we're in good shape right now. And I think when we go back this year that, uh, I notice I said when. Get back to the Super Bowl and win it. That was the mission. Looking forward to another shot at that Super Bowl? Yes, sir. <laughs> I think they all rededicated themselves. And there was a seriousness about the atmosphere that we hadn't seen the year before. The Miami Dolphins entered the 1972 season not only with a goal, but also a loaded roster. 20 starters returned, including four first-team All-Pros. Quarterback Bob Greasy, fullback Larry Zonka, receiver Paul Warfield, and lineman Larry Little. 
But Don Shula knew that he might also need to bring in someone new. Well, not quite new, but reliable. Earl Morrill, Shula's backup quarterback in Baltimore, who was entering his 17th season in the league. Earl Morrill was too old to play quarterback. Everybody knew that. And we thought Shula had lost his mind. <laughs> Earl was not a good practice player. So a lot of times at practice, he, he didn't look good at all. Uh, when he came to us, he was uh, 38 years old, but Earl was a born leader. And he had been in that position before when, when he was backing up Johnny Unitas in Baltimore. They bought him a rocking chair and put it in front of his locker and called him the old man. Don Shula created his own ecosystem on this team. It was just a group of guys who just were meant to be together. Do you feel that you're in the best condition of your life going into this regular season against Kansas City? Yeah, I think so. You know, with my weight down as it is, um, a good 12 pounds, uh, I'm able to, to maneuver better. They were ready to go. They were the best conditioned team in pro football. And nowhere did that show up any better than that first game in 1972 with the Kansas City Chiefs. It was an unseasonably warm, hot day. They were on artificial turf and the players were dying out there. But the Dolphins were used to that enormous heat in Miami. That made them believe that they could do anything. 1-0 became 2-0, setting up a week three game in Minneapolis against the Vikings and their voracious defense. What I remember the most about that game was Larry Zonka getting hit as hard as I ever saw a human being get hit by one guy ever. So he hit me right in the small of the back and just about broke me in half. just the edge of the field and just flopped. And Shula ran over to him and he said, we're losing, you're gonna have to go back in the next series of downs. And he walked away from him. And it just made me crazy for a second. I tried to grab him, but he was gone. <laughs> I jumped up, I actually jumped up, which is what he wanted. Zonka never missed a snap after being hit that hard. That was the hardest that I ever saw. Rain, sleet, thunderstorms, tornadoes, mudslides, or even rabid sheep falling from the skies. Buzzweather has you covered. Amy's All-Pro Quarterback. Bob Greasy was the best prepared quarterback I've ever known of. He studied the enemy, and he knew exactly where they were vulnerable. Dolphins need a touchdown. We have not been able to get one this afternoon. He did his homework. The rest of us guys, we'd go out to practice and drink a few beers, and Bob would go home and study. Thank God. We're sitting there on the five-yard line. We were a running team back then, so I called a pass. Brown right near close, 119, split delay. Gracie on the snap, drops the throw. He fires the middle. Right open touchdown is tremendous. Every man practiced every day as if you were going to get the tap on the shoulder and you were going in and you were going to have the opportunity to make a play to win the game. I'm happy that we are coming off of a uh, come-from-behind victory. Uh, those are always good because uh, no matter how much you talk about it, until you experience come-from-behind victories, uh, players really don't have the confidence that they can. Confidence was high. Now the Dolphins were 3-0 the only team in the league without a loss. But two weeks later, they were at home, at the Orange Bowl, playing the Chargers. And in the first quarter, everything changed. I, till this day, believe that I heard his leg break. That's a play that I would not like to live over again. Shaken up on the play is Gracie. I knew immediately, I said, I'm out. It was a dislocated ankle and a fractured fibula. I remember Manny saying, cuz, we're done. In a terrible situation, and this guy, we put a lot of, you know, every, all the beans are in that basket, and it's being wheeled out, and you couldn't be any more depressed. 
But at the same time, I'm looking at one of the greatest backup quarterbacks to ever play the game. <laughs> Earl comes in the game, and we were kind of like looking at had a certain look on our faces. And Earl said, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to get it done. There wasn't any muttering. And my thinking was, being a veteran and everything else, keep the drive going, keep us moving. Morrill on the snap, drops straight back to throw. He is firing down the corner, one field, touchdown, Dolphins! Morrill is the quarterback, Earl drops the throw. He is firing the side, fully open, touchdown, Everybody contributed, and I think that's one of the things. It wasn't like you're sitting there counting one person to pull it through. It was a team effect. Earl was the perfect person in the perfect time for what had happened to us. Despite losing their starting quarterback indefinitely, the Dolphins defeated the Chargers 24-10 and improved to 5-0. The offensive line, what really, really brought us together when Bob Greasy went down, it was maybe a wake-up call for us that, boy, oh boy, we've got a job to do. Every time we broke, we'll get together and say, the best in the business. And Shula would lean on his offensive line to lead one of the fiercest ground attacks the league had ever seen, anchored by the Dolphins' 250-pound fullback. I mean, if you were to put a face on the Dolphin franchise, the crooked nose, the square jaw, the straight line running style, it would be Larry Zonka. Miami's lock, stock, and trade was Zonker up the middle, and you couldn't stop it. Who wants to tackle a running bull? Nobody. Our offense controlled the ball so much of the game. There were, I, mean, I can remember where if they kicked off to us, we might not have to go in for another play for like 10 minutes. The 72 Dolphins were the first team ever in the NFL with two 1,000-yard rushers. Larry Zonka ran through opponents. Mercury Morris didn't need to. Mercury was like a fly. You're missing me, you're missing me, you're missing me, and you finally get him. That with our bread and butter. Sweet, with me pulling, Mercury running. We had some real good blocking, particularly on, uh, on, on Larry Little's part. You know, I look for him and uh, I look to do things off of him. This guy came up to me, this black dude. He said, man, when I was a kid, man, I used to love to watch you run, man. I used to love the way you should make them miss, man. I said, no, man, I didn't make them miss. I made them think they had me. They missed on their own. Shula began to use Kick and Morris and interchange them. That was Shula's ability to adapt to the players and their strengths. Kick was just a dynamic player, a tremendous receiver. He became really the first true third down back. They were able to get these players in that would be complementary and be difference makers. Paul Warfield, greatest wide receiver to this day I've ever seen. Gazelle, he could run with lead boots on and you wouldn't hear him. When you want to know this, I could make contributions in two areas. Brock, which also helped my receiver. So I was a believer in run-oriented football. On the other hand, it didn't hurt that we only allowed about 10 points a game defensively. The Dolphins' defenders were utterly dominant. The famously dubbed the no-name defense. We didn't have a lot of known players. And because of that, I, I really think the defense was never given the credit it deserved. We had one particular defense where we'd go this way and then twirl and get back. And Joe Namath to this day complains it to me every time I talk to him. Jake Scott, Dick Anderson were the two best safeties I ever played against. They knew what we were doing. They would read the quarterbacks, the eyes. They, they were smart. If you do your job on defense, you come off the field. 
1972, our defense was on the field very little because they were so good. We were members of a team. We were not independent agents. They played together like no other team has ever played in the history of the game. <laughs> it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. And that's powerful. And that's the 72 Miami Dolphins. Ten games into the season, the record was still perfect. But the Dolphins were focused on something else. As you guys are winning week after week, when did you start thinking about being undefeated? Never. Never. You know what I'm thinking? When you said that, no. I'm thinking about when we got our ass kicked. Because that's the narrative right there. Not what we could be. Only way you're going to erase that is to come back and win in Super Bowl Seven. Buying a house is complicated and confusing, especially now. But it doesn't have to be. That's why who you work with matters. Together with HomeLight, we find solutions for every buyer. Whether you're looking to make an all-cash offer, find the right loan, or negotiate with confidence, our team helps you get the home you love every time. A home is something special. Can you believe this? Doug Flutie and Frank Thomas. You guys look great. Once I turn 40... Let me guess. Less energy? Less drive? Definitely. It's not your fault. It happens to every man. Testosterone levels drop as you age. It happened to you guys? <laughs> yep. So what did you do? We, we got, got the genetic, genetic total, total tea. tea. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help increase testosterone levels. Nugenix is the number one doctor-recommended testosterone booster in the USA. Number one at GNC and number one at Walmart. But you can only get your complimentary bottle by Texting DUAL to 369-369. That does it. I gotta get Nugenics. Just send a text. Yeah, for a complimentary bottle. And by the way, she'll like it too. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics now. Text DUAL to 369-369. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our newest, most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat and get lean absolutely free. That's DUAL to 369-369. The WNBA is back. I got it in the this season's about super team expectations. It's a really special opportunity. Things like this don't happen often. With an epic homecoming. Welcome home, And a shiny new rookie class. The WNBA. This is just the beginning. We're all about New York at Seattle. Tuesday at 9 on ESPN2. Historic, iconic, it's a rivalry for the ages. Give us Broadway versus Hollywood, Yankees, Dodgers. It's a blockbuster matchup on Sunday Night Baseball. No domestic cup trophy has the backstory of the FA Cup. Colin gets his chance and gets his goal. Don't tell them that. When I said the gun, they said there was no two bumps. I better move up. And for the first time ever, the FA Cup final will be a Manchester Derby. The FA Cup final, Saturday, June 3rd on ESPN+. Your vehicle takes a beating from the environment. Keep your vehicle looking better than new with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant, a breakthrough in ceramic technology. Now you can seal and protect your paint with unbelievable gloss, shine, and slickness in less than 30 minutes. Look at the difference with Cerakote's True Hydrophobic Ceramic Technology. The level of gloss and slickness is unbelievable. Cerakote increased slickness by an incredible 72% compared to uncoated automotive paint. Everything just slides right off. Simply spray it on and lightly buff it with the Included microfiber towels. That's it. Everything's included. Even water flows right off. I've been a professional auto detailer for almost 40 years, and during that time I've tried hundreds of paint care products. And I can tell you that Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant is in a league of its own. 
Guaranteed to be the glossiest, slickest, and easiest to apply paint sealant you have ever used. Get professional gloss, shine, and protection for your vehicle with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant today. It's the number one best-selling paint sealant in the country. Buy today. Marizanka. And there were a couple of times during the season where we didn't play well but still won the ball game. And I would hit them hard in the first meeting after that game about the mistakes that we made and really got after them pretty tough. There's the record. Ten games played, ten games won. Some say an easy schedule, but forget it. 5-0, they were fine. 8-0, they got a little testy. There's one thing that a lot of people are beginning to talk about. When it became a little more than that, we learned pretty much that there's really no need to ask because we're going to get them all riled up. Would you like to have this thing undefeated? We don't ever go out wanting to lose. Never. One at a time. No, don't nobody think about it. What is your own personal goal for the final four games of the regular season and hopefully the next three? is to play uh, mistake-free football and aggressive football for these last seven games. We started to realize that we're becoming more and more of a target, but Shula addressed that and said, we've got to be used to being the target. He never, ever went to the undefeated thing. He never used that. Entering the month of December, the Dolphins were 11-0, and that wasn't the only good news. I think to cap off a great day is uh, an announcement that perhaps Bob Greasy may have his cast off in about a week or two. Well, yes, uh, we're hoping that it does come off and then Bob uh, starts rehabilitating and that'll be the key to it, how fast he can rehabilitate that dislocated ankle. And knowing Bob, I know he's going to work extra hard to get back. The Miami Dolphins have won 13 games and lost none. On December 16th, the Dolphins won game number 14 and completed the third undefeated regular season ever in the NFL. Statistically, no team before or since did what the Dolphins did in 1972. Number one in offense, number one in defense, scored the most points, give up the least. How many games did you lose? Zero. But they might not have been undefeated without their all-pro kicker. Garo Yepremian. The little guy come over from Cyprus, didn't speak a word of English, could kick a soccer ball, and end up learning to speak a little English. First field goal he kicked, he wrote and said, I'll kick a touchdown. About as much of a football player as the great pumpkin. I love the guy, and he could kick a football. Oh my God, could he kick a, kick a football? But. He knew nothing about football. It's not physics, like you can learn football, like, but he just, it didn't penetrate. But Garrow never practiced with the team. He was, we had two practice fields, and he was always on the other practice field kicking. And every once in a while, you'd think Sheila would just totally lose track of that. But Sheila never totally lost track of anything. And several times I heard him, if anything goes wrong, fall on the ball. Ah. That is, huh? Yeah. You good. What kind of <laughs> you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> he sold neckties. And he sold neckties on a grand scale. They're $8. $8? When you look at him, he's not the kind of guy that you would see walking out of an NFL locker room. <laughs> when he was selling ties, he looked like he was right at home. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Garrow in many games was very critical uh, to our ability to win clutch games and big games. That's the vocation you choose. You're a kicker and you know that uh, your job is to go in, in uh, under pressure and, and make the field goal. I look forward to pressure situations. I cherish the excitement. The excitement in the Orange Bowl was palpable when the Dolphins played the Browns in the divisional round of the playoffs. The critical play, rookie backup safety Charlie Babb blocking and recovering a Cleveland punt for a touchdown. Up next, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had just defeated the Raiders by virtue of a miracle. But in the early 70s, home field advantage in the playoffs rotated. It wasn't based on best record. So the AFC title game would be played in Pittsburgh. It was unfair as hell. The Buzz. Stand by for live transmission. 
93.7 The Buzz. Number one for a reason. Staying in Miami for a home game, everybody was packing up and moving out because we were going to fly to Pittsburgh. I have some pictures in my office of Kick and Zonk and I sitting on the bench. I ask, what moment do you think this was? And people say, I don't know. I said, it was a moment when we were in Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship and we were behind. Struggling against a dominant Steelers defense, Dolphins trailed 7-0 late in the second quarter. Facing fourth and five from Pittsburgh's 49-yard line, Shula sent out the punt team. Ball was snapped. My eyes came up to see what was going on, and I didn't see anybody. Seifold saw something on film that, that he knew to be looking for. No one else knew. That wasn't planned. He didn't tell Shula about it. You know, Shula's always told him, you can do what you want to do, just make damn sure you make it. Pittsburgh went that way, so I said, well, let me go this way. And that's how it happened. Shula was more shocked than anyone when Seifold took off. But it set up our first touchdown. The game was now tied. But Shula knew that his offense needed a spark. The next thing I saw, Bob putting on the helmet. Shula knew that I was ready. I was throwing well in practice. I had a fresh arm. It was Greasy's team. Everyone knew it. Shula knew it. Uh, Earl knew it. And, uh, and it was time to put him back in. And when Bob came and everything, it started clicking. We were tied at halftime. Scored two touchdowns the second half, and the defense only held them to uh, 10 points. And we ended up uh, winning that game. 16-0. One more win, and the sting of losing Super Bowl VI would finally be washed away. In the process, the Dolphins could make history. Well, you could feel the difference in the practices. Everybody was focused. Completely different atmosphere than New Orleans the year before. Most of the odds makers had Washington the favorite, even though Miami was undefeated. People still uh, didn't give Don Shula the respect one would think he would deserve because he lost previous Super Bowls. Shula flew out to L.A. and went to the Coliseum the Sunday before. He went and documented where the sun was from noon all the way through the evening. He wanted to know where the sun would be in accordance with what plays he was going to call because of the sun being between the quarterback and the receiver. Now think about that. We were destined to win that game because that was our intent. It wasn't like dice. We played the 16 to get to the one. So when we get the 16, they say, oh, they can't win 17 games. Dude, we already won 16. This is the one we showed up for. In Super Bowl VII, the Dolphins played like a team capable of perfection. Until suddenly, they didn't. A field goal here should ice it for the Dolphins. When you're in a press box, it's a library. You're not allowed to cheer, you're not allowed to scream, you're not allowed to go, <gasps> none of that. But I will tell you this, in that 72 Super Bowl, collectively, the Miami media all looked at each other in this form of, <gasps> I thought we saw it all when we saw Franco Harris. We love our new home. Great neighborhood, big backyard. But the lamps. At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. We saved a lot. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com. The Western Conference Final continues. 
Jack Eichel and the Golden Knights look to return to their second Stanley Cup final. Can Jason Robertson and the Stars force a game seven? Here's a free puck Conference Final, Golden Knight Stars, Game 6, tonight on ESPN and ESPN+. And a look here at the course Jack built. Oh my goodness, go in! Wow! Jack is the man. Versus Chandler. Sixteen warriors battling for UFC glory. Beautiful. The Ultimate Fighter. New episodes Tuesday. Only on ESPN and ESPN+. To the best friend I could ever ask for. My ultimate ride or die. Ride or die. People are going to start asking questions. We have to get our story straight. Just lay low. Everything's going to be okay. You pushed me past my breaking point. Really, Megan? I hate seeing you like this, but I need to know what happened. And what if you don't like what you hear? Cruel Summer. Season premiere June 5th on Freeform and stream on Hulu. It's finals time. Where what happens next lives on forever. Where history awaits. In seconds for eternity. This time is for all time. And that's what makes it beautiful. Are you over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days? I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. Call now for this free book on maximizing your income in retirement. Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers from one of the nation's leading financial firms. That's right, free. This book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known truths we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity, and it's free. Call 800-362-0647. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report. We researched numerous products and summarized rates and benefits of annuities, all from Silac Insurance Company. Call 800-362-0647. That's 800-362-0647. Call now. How do you judge perfection? I think in the NFL, when you talk about records... A, uh, winning all the games is perfection. I mean, you can't get any better than that. If you lose a game, it's not perfection. You can still win the Super Bowl, but you haven't won all the games. As Super Bowl Seven was getting underway, South Florida was in a frenzy. 2,500 miles from the L.A. Coliseum, Dolphins fans went wild as Bob Greasy hit Howard Twilley for a 28-yard touchdown in the early lead. Washington tried to keep pace, but what became clear above all else was the excellence of the Dolphins' no-name defense, and one of its stalwarts in particular. They tried initially to block me man-to-man -man with the center, and that was a big mistake. Manny Fernandez turned into a Sasquatch on the field. He was just unblockable. He made more great plays in that Super Bowl seven. The number of tackles he made, I was just in awe. 17 tackles, to be exact. With less than three minutes to play, Miami had a chance to ice the game. We were in field goal position. We were 14 to nothing. A field goal puts us at 17 and 0 in a 17 and 0 season. Coach Schuler called me over and said we have a 42-yard field goal. At that time, I could kick a 42-yard field goal in my sleep. 
I stamped it, and all of a sudden I heard a boom, and I knew I had right what happened. And this kick is blocked. I looked up, and I see Bill Brundage coming towards me. Bill Brundage at that time was 265. I saw smoke coming out of his ears and his and his nose. I I panicked. The Permian has it. Goes <laughs> a pass up for the ball. It's Mike Bath. Mike Bath picked it over and ran for a touchdown. God bless the dead, Guerrero. But when he came to the sideline, if 40 eyes could kill, he wouldn't have lived as long as he did. It remains one of the most infamous plays in sports history and made the score 14-7. The Dolphins were forced to punt on their next possession, giving Washington the ball with a chance to tie. It was up to the Dolphins' defense to secure victory and history. The last play, Bill Stanfield and I sacked Billy Kilmer. And that's the ball game. We were celebrating before we even got up, knowing, not that we were undefeated for the season, but knowing that we had won the Super Bowl. Came close. Came about that close. But you know what? Being the only undefeated team ever, that right there is the universe. His coaching brought him on to, uh, you could say, bring him on to perfection. I was sort of numb because I couldn't believe we actually did it. Did we really do this? Is this real? I can't be uh, any more proud of uh, uh, our football team, every phase of our football, the special teams, the offense, the defense. His greatness as a coach was never to be questioned, but nevertheless, it was a great sense of relief for him. And this guy comes in, how does it feel that, that you guys won every game and that you did? And Zonk goes, hey, I'm just glad to get the old man off our back. Is this one of your happiest days ever in a Dolphin uniform? I'm glad you put that on there. Uh, football's a big thing in my life, and this is certainly one of the happiest days, the happiest day ever in football for me. And that was the sentiment then. Not, yay, we won. No. Now we don't have Don breathing down our necks about who we're not. Our running back coach wrote on the blackboard the best ever. And that resonated with me and it still does to this day. Back in Florida, the sentiment was much the same. How do you feel today? There are two things that bring a community together. Disasters and sports championships. And this Miami Dolphin team created a culture of togetherness in this community. And when they were able to accomplish the mission they were on, I can't even describe what the relief is like. 17-0 says it all. The world championship. The best team ever in professional football. had such imperfect players and they became the perfect team. What started out as a mission of redemption unexpectedly grew with each passing year into an unmatched legacy of perfection. Then 30 years came, then 40 years came, and now here we are, 50 years later. Immortality is great. Why would you Stimulating your FM. You hold in your hand a radio. Yes, the radio. All right, listen up. 103.7, The Buzz. This that record. Perfect bill, still population one. History remains untouched. And the final team gets beat. We celebrate a little bit within ourselves. A tradition that dates back to December 2nd, 1985, when the previously unbeaten Chicago Bears lost their first and only game of the season. Takes it in. They're just one game shy. Guess who? 
The Chicago Bears' hopes of duplicating the Dolphins' undefeated streak in 1972 evaporated the Miami Heat. Took a bottle of champagne four or five doors down, and Nick and Greasy lived across the street. We said, well, we've got to celebrate, so that's how it happened. How do you feel when the last undefeated team falls each season? You see this Don Ferriol? I'm offering this to the next team that goes unbeaten. I want some company. So come get this champagne. All you got to do is beat everybody. <laughs> These Dolphins made history back before Super Bowl champs uh, started visiting the White House. So I decided it was high time to pay tribute uh, to the NFL's only perfect team. Their numbers have dwindled. But the bond they share endures. Hey, Jim. Coach Shula. Happy 72nd birthday. I never stopped trying to figure Don Shula out, and uh, I'm still working on it. I've got a lot of great memories, uh, some bad memories, but mostly great memories. I never realized how for real he was until he was gone. As the years went by, that accomplishment became more and more appreciated to the point where, you know, he left us still undefeated. Uh, and that was a, you know, a tremendous, tremendous point of pride for him for his entire life. Well, I hope that I'm going to be remembered as, you know, the coach that, that won the most games, the perfect season, certainly, and then also for trying to do things the right way. first one of the big round number anniversaries where you know Shula's not around a lot of your teammates are no longer with us probably a third of the players and all of the coaches how does that make this year different lonely I uh, I truly miss a lot of those guys I miss my teammates the ones that are gone I truly miss Fifty years later, those that remain still celebrate their achievement. In their youths, they did something no one else has ever done. They were the perfect machine. I talked to Buzz Aldrin once. I asked him, what was it like to walk on the moon? I still don't know what it's like. I only know what he told me. There's no way I can explain to you what it's like to win every game. We're the only ones that get to relish in the actual feeling. <laughs>